Welcome to the Thrive Podcast from Syngenta, where the latest news, farming tips, and innovations come together to educate and inspire. Welcome to another episode of the Syngenta Thrive Podcast. It is a busy time of the season. I, well, I guess it's like always a busy time of the season for some reason or another. But um, at this point, we're, you know, late August, we can start to see the finish line of harvest right around the corner. And wow, these growers have well earned it. Uh, we have agronomic service representative Zach Trower on with us today. How are you doing this morning, Zach? Doing pretty good. Glad that, uh, you know, we're we're finally this far in the season and and able to start seeing the you know results of all that hard work through the year. I would say uh, you know this year's this year's a lot more fun. Um, you know, I grew up on a farm, so uh, it's always a lot more fun when crop prices are heightened. But I will also say, uh, and heightened crop prices and heightened input costs has been a, a big one this year as well um, for many farmers. That you know, just just like our our family farm, we've we've uh, felt that you know pain of those heightened uh, input costs. Um, it's been kind of fun and hard at the same time, just cause you know, mother nature is still mother nature and she, uh, she makes it, uh, interesting every year. <laughs> you mentioned high input costs and high, you know, commodity prices and how that kind of lends itself to being, you know, a fun, but also tricky year. So how do growers kind of weigh that, that balance of like, oh, well, you know, commodity prices are a little bit higher. And so that's exciting and good and fun. Um, but you know, that means input costs are higher. And I know, inflation lately has kind of been a bit of an issue. So tell me a little bit about that. Um, you know, if you bought fertilizer uh, timely last year, you, you could have bought anhydrous for, you know, pretty good prices, maybe somewhere around $700 a ton, um, which is a little bit higher than normal. Um, you know, in previous years, we were paying 400 maybe $500 a ton. Um, but if you got, you know, you waited too long. A lot of folks waited to see if that price might have come down. Um, we saw it ramp up in a month, all the way up to fifteen hundred dollars a ton wow. for anhydrous. You know, you're you're talking about doubling your cost in fertilizer. So um, every grower's in a little bit different of a position, or maybe they maybe they kind of have some acres that are balanced either way, right? When you know we're talking about protecting this crop, well, you have the money tied up already. Let's make sure that we're protecting that investment you made. It's still an investment at the end of the day. We mm -hmm. have to make sure we protect it to optimize it. Otherwise, you know, if we let that yield melt away at the end of the season for various reasons, um, you know, you're you're wasting that money. It doesn't matter if you spent the seven hundred or fifteen hundred. You're losing that investment. So, um, it, it's been a it's been more of a balance, a little bit more volatile this year. But it hasn't changed our message about you make an investment in a crop, we have to keep that crop as healthy and uh, really optimize that yield as much as we can. As we kind of near the end of that growing season, does there come a point at which making a spray isn't economically beneficial anymore? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, the conversation changes between crop and crop, right? Um, so when I when I focus, you know, here in Iowa, corn is king. When we look at uh, corn and how much late season disease can really make that impact, um, I think there's a few things we have to evaluate. First off, what is the disease we're fighting? So a disease really big in the Midwest is tar spot. And that's one of those diseases that's very, very agronomically aggressive. Um, it's kind of like southern rust for the farmers in the south. Our tar spot is their southern rust, a very aggressive disease that can take over a field very quickly. And we've seen tar spot kill a field in 14 days. That's, oh my you know, gosh. It, can, it can go from, you know, you see in lesions to really just exploding and killing that field. And when you talk about that fast kill, 
there's a few things you can see from it. You know, obviously we're we're going to have grain shrink. So, um, say you get out there, your ear is formed. Maybe we haven't gotten to half milk line yet or something. If you kill that plant early, those corn kernels are physically going to shrink. You're not going to lose the number of them, but they're going to be smaller, and that's obviously mm-hmm. going to influence test weight. That's obviously going to influence. Um, you know, physically our bushels coming out of the field, you know, that's physical pounds disappearing. Um, There's some other things that diseases can really rob from us. You know, a big one that uh, everybody really, really hates doing, breaking out the corn reel because your corn fell down. And uh, that is that is something that no one likes to do. But, you know, when you're running a combine wide open one mile an hour and you have $5 diesel going into that combine, that can really add up costs. So when I think about this year, you know, and and protecting this crop and corn, we really have to look at, okay, we did we make that initial investment? Did we already protect it, say, with an R1 or VT fungicide? Um, and then what stage are we at? Are we at, you know, uh, beginning dent or are we at half milk line? You know, once we get to half milk line, that's really when I start saying, hey, I don't think this this return on investment, you know, the cost of a fungicide in an airplane is really going to add up for the farmer. I say that's kind of when we start pulling, you know, pulling back on fungicide applications on corn, just because that return on investment is not going to be there. On soybeans, it's a little bit different. Generally, um, when we make our, say, R3 application, that's really kind of the the one timing that's going to be that sweet spot, R2, R3. When we get later out there in the season, maybe like R5, R6 in soybeans, we've put on a lot of our yield and really most of our protection that you know we needed from disease is already done with. Is there a point that you actually would end up recommending a spray past some of those points that you normally wouldn't? Like what are there factors that would influence you or cause you to say, hey, kind of like what you said with the R5 with the soybeans, what kind of decision making goes into that? Yeah, I mean, that 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 again is, um, you know, a, a good general rule of thumb is if you're if you're out there and say you get just the absolute right weather conditions, you know, at R5, we still got several growth stages to go in soybeans. Um, there's still a lot of pod fill to happen at that time. Uh, you know, you look at us here um, in the Midwest, you know, we're growing those non-determinant varieties, so they just keep growing. So if you're absolutely get hitting there around R5 with disease, and, you know, a big one here in the Midwest would be frog eye leaf spot. Um, fairly aggressive disease and can really cause a lot of damage very quickly. Say you have a really good crop potential, right? Say you were in the garden spot or you have a, maybe you're a high yield grower, you've made the right input so far, you can absolutely make that investment and still protect that crop. Um, I think that that would warrant it. Now, you know, if you're you're just kind of you know checking the boxes and whatnot, and maybe you just made that one single application around R2, R3, maybe you bought inputs a little bit higher, and you just can't justify that last little bit. Um, maybe maybe it still warrants a spray, but that might influence your decision. Um, I think corn is again a little bit easier of a decision, especially with us with some of these aggressive diseases like tar spot. Um, say again, you're you're shooting for those higher yields. You've made the right input decisions. You're really you're you have some higher yield goals. Absolutely, even then, it can benefit. So our some yield data, we figure there's about a six percent yield loss if your corn dies at half milk line. 
Wow. You know, let's go 200 bushel corn crop, right? That's 12 bushels. You look at 12 bushels and say, you know, uh, we're looking at six, seven dollar corn. Um, that absolutely can add up and maybe still even justify the cost of another application. And it sounds like, too, knowing your input costs pretty intimately and knowing your predictions for yield potential and, you know, market prices like it is kind of what helps make or break that decision. And like knowing the numbers, I think is really what growers should be looking to, to make that decision and talking to their retailers and, and trusted advisors, of course. Depending on where you're taking your corn, that's definitely going to change that view of is that last application or, or is a retreat worth it? Also understanding what you're facing. You know, if you're a, a Southern grower dealing with Southern rust, or if you're a a, you know, a Midwest farmer dealing with tar spot, understanding that some of these aggressive, really aggressive diseases um, can wipe out our corn crop very quickly. And it might not be also just the, the sheer yield loss, but when you think about if your corn crop's falling down because it's cannibalizing the stock to fill the ear um, and you got $5 diesel or, you know, whatever you have on, on contract diesel right now, that can definitely influence it as well, right? I mean, when you look at wear and tear on a $500,000 machine with $5 diesel, well, yeah. maybe that's enough for you to justify that last application if the disease is coming in really aggressive. And, you know, for, for Midwest farmers, you know, here in Iowa, we saw tar spot coming in in June already. That is something that um, really can also drive our decision of, hey, maybe we have to you know, make another treatment because our corn is just a little bit further behind this year. It's got more to go. That actually brings me to a question I, I kind of want to touch on. You mentioned that the season's kind of been a little bit volatile and, you know, there was some late planted corn. And so I'm curious, looking ahead, like how do you kind of see this season shaping up? Last year, I look at it, a lot of my territory was finished, you know, a good chunk of it here in, uh, Southern Iowa and Central Iowa is done planting in the middle of April for corn, and we we didn't start planting till the first second week of May this year. Um, corn was is behind, which means um, we're really going to have to keep capturing capturing that sunlight later in the season. Um, and we've seen things like this before. Uh, you go back to I believe it was 2019, 2020 when we had those mm -hmm. wildfires in Canada, and it actually uh, shaded out the Midwest and we actually had to keep our corn alive longer to, you know, cause it, it didn't do much progressing for a month. Um, we have to do the same thing this year. We have to make sure we keep it alive longer into the fall and keep it healthier and let it really reach its full maturity because we're probably going to be combining a little bit later. Um, just from the sheer fact of we planted three, two to three weeks later, maybe four weeks later for some of these guys this year. Wow. It's so fascinating to me to see the impact, the decisions like that, or, or, you know, mother nature forcing growers to make those late planted corn decisions that impacts every single decision from then on out, right? Like mm -hmm. every, every decision affects another decision, affects another decision in ag. And at the end of the day, you know, we're all trying to do the best we can to get as high of yield and high quality yield as possible, especially in a year like this year where you're seeing high commodity prices. But, you know, is there anything else that you really want to make sure that you leave with our audience? I, I think a big thing is um, understand where you're sitting um, from an input standpoint when you're making these decisions. If you still have high yield potential, understand even if we have 
a lot tied up in this crop. When we start looking at the commodity prices we have, we have $7 corn and we, you know, $14 soybeans, um, you know, or wherever we're sitting on a contract basis, you know, from from a marketing standpoint. Um, understand that, you know, sometimes a $30 application, yes, it's still $30. But when we look at, you know, a price, say corn $7, that's not that many bushels at the end of the day, right? That's just, just a shy bit over four bushels. And when we look at some of these these things that we choose not to do, it's costing us more than we're spending. So I think there's a lot of yield potential out there, and you know, really good markets overall from from a, a contract standpoint to actually be able to capitalize on them. Awesome, I love that. It's that's such a great note to leave on. It's encouraging and. You know, I do think it's going to be a really good season, and that's kind of the consensus I'm hearing across the board. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today and share your insight and um, just give us your expertise. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. We want to take a second to thank everyone who submitted their entry for this year's Rooted in Ag Contest. Yes, we love and support that agriculture and a passion for the industry is passed down through generations and encouraged through leaders, family, friends, teachers, and more who raise up the next generation. One of the best parts of the Rooted in Ag Contest is reading through all the unique entry stories that shine a spotlight on mentors and impactful people in the industry who have inspired others. Exactly. We'll have three selected finalists. Each will receive a mini touchscreen tablet with a case and wireless earphones. A pretty great prize, if you ask me, um, just for telling their story. From those three finalists, you, our listeners, and the general public will get to vote for who they think should be the 2022 Rudin Ag Contest Grand Prize winner. Head on over to SyngenaThrive.com slash contest to stay up to date on the latest hashtag Rudin Ag Contest news. Thank you for listening to the Thrive Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to receive the latest updates in your favorite podcast listening platform. Always read and follow label instructions. See official rules at sentgentothrive.com slash contest for more details.